Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. We want to get into some good things from the Word tonight. Amen. And, um... Of course, we. this is uh, our six days of faith, and uh, as uh, I was seeking the Lord about some different things, the Lord kept laying on my heart this uh, subject of increase, increase, and um, not just faith for increase, Although that that is is obviously uh, our focus, faith, but the keys, some of the keys to increase, increase keys to prosperity, and um, the uh, the Lord some number of years ago, I was in uh, Dodge City with my pastor, and uh, we were there uh, good. Good friends of ours, uh, Pastor Ames and his wonderful wife, and uh, we were there. I was there with Pastor, and uh, uh, I got there, of course, before them. And uh, once they got there, I got them settled in their room. And uh, the next morning, I got up, and went down, and, and had breakfast with him. And then we were waiting, going to go to lunch later. So I was in my room, just kind of uh, want to travel with him. I don't just. Uh, uh, go about my own business, I'm there to pray for him. I'm there to pray for the meetings and pray for the things of God to be manifest in that, uh, that conference, that meeting, whatever we're doing. And, but this particular day, the Lord began to deal with me, and he said, I'm going to share with you some prosperity keys. And I, I just started writing them down, and this has been some number of years ago, and I've ministered on them here and there, now, uh, there's some things the Lord was saying to me today, and number one is that prosperity is a flow. Prosperity is a flow. And in other words, it's not supposed to start and stop. Prosperity shouldn't start and stop, all right? It, it's, it's, it's a flow. And this is important because where these keys are concerned when you start, these keys are what, when you, when you begin to work them, it's an action of your faith. Listen, when, if, if you had, when you had kids growing up or if you do have kids growing up in your house, when you discipline your children, it's an act of faith. Now, are you just nodding your head because you think I'm right because I'm your pastor, you know, because the Bible says it, <laughs> right? The, the Bible says that when you, that the rod of correction will drive foolishness from the heart of a child. So when you discipline a child, and it's not just obviously corporal discipline, but you, you ground them, you take something away from them, whatever the case may be, you correct them verbally. It's an act of faith because you're putting your faith that the next time they're presented with whatever you're disciplining them about, they're going to avoid it, right, because of the, 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 the action that you took. Amen. When you start working the keys that govern prosperity, it builds your faith because I'm doing something the Word says. It's an act of faith. Amen. The very first step, let's go to Proverbs 10. The very first step in real prosperity is recognizing God as the source of any and all prosperity that flows into our lives. Recognizing God as the source of any and all prosperity that flows into our lives. Amen. The Lord said to me, he said, don't boast in mortals, boast only in God as the source. So Proverbs 10, 22, notice what it says. 
The blessing of the Lord, it maketh rich. And he addeth no sorrow with it. So notice what makes rich, the blessing of the Lord. Amen. Now that blessing is for me, but it belongs to him. The blessing of the Lord, it. Anytime, anytime the scripture uses that, that, that verbiage, it, it's emphasizing, pointing back to the original thing, to the thing said before, the blessing, it makes rich. Amen. It makes rich. It makes abundantly supplied. It, it makes without lack or need in your life. Amen. When, when you're functioning under the blessing, that, 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 that puts an end to the start and stop because the blessing covers everything. The Bible says that, that the man under the blessing, everything his hands touches will be blessed. Is that what it says? Psalm chapter 1, blessed is, is the man that does not walk in the way of sinners, sit in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. In his law does he meditate day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, and whatever he does will prosper. Whatever he does will prosper. Why? Because the blessing is on his life, and he recognizes God as the source. Amen. I, I, I hear this sometimes in families, and I'll talk to husbands and dads, and, and they'll say, well, you know, Pastor, i got to provide for my family. Boy, you're always going to come up short. Because you don't have the talent, the ability, the strength to be your family's provider. I got two amens. You just, you just, it just can't, well, you know, I got to go to work every day and I got to do this because I got to provide for my family. Well, you should go to work every day because the Bible says that you should, but you're not the provider. The book of Ephesians says it, and I've quoted it time and again. It says this, let him that stole steal no more, but rather let him work with his hands the thing that is good that he may have to give. Notice it didn't say let him work with, work with his hands so that he can be the family's provider. When you begin to recognize God as the total source of your supply, then you begin to look at everything that comes into your hands as a potential seed because that's how I receive from God. That's how prosperity flows in my life. Amen. A better job is going to come from a seed. A raise is going to come from a seed. A bonus is going to come from a seed. And when you recognize God, now think about this. When you recognize God, how do you recognize God as the, as the total source of your supply? How do you recognize God as the source of any and all prosperity that flows into your life? Constantly tell him that's what he is. Constantly tell him that's what he is. Father, I recognize you as the total source of any and all prosperity that comes into my life. Amen. Amen. Every time something good happens to my wife and I, we stop right there and we say, God, you did that. Father, you did that. I know that person gave it to us, but you did it. Amen. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. Every good thing, all prosperity, my God, is the total source of it. Oh, hallelujah. And see, when you start putting the pressure on yourself, to be the provider, you've just limited your ability to increase. Because you can only do so much. You can only work so many hours. Are you following me? You can only do so much. Well, if, if they'll give me some more hours, you can only, you, you can, listen, what, what are you giving up to work all those hours? Are you, are you with me? Well, I want my family to have the finer things. Well, you're not capable of sustaining it. Remember what God said? He said, when you've come into the land that I've promised you, and he said, and you do what I command you to do, I will give you houses that you didn't build. You know what he said? I'll give you vineyards that you didn't plant. What Jesus say? He said, I sent you to reap where you had not sowed. 
He said, you've entered into other men's labors. Does that make sense? Hallelujah. Say it out loud. I can have sweatless victory in my life. Am I helping you? So the first key is to understand recognizing God as the source of any and all prosperity that flows into your life. See, if God's your source, there's no room for worry. Well, how's this going to work out? Well, if God's your source, perfectly. If you're your source, I don't know. <laughs> right? Amen. I've had people before come and talk to me and say, well, I'm, I'm just trying to figure this out. And I say, well, there's your problem. You need to cast all your care on the Lord and recognize him. Amen. The second key, outward prosperity will always follow inward prosperity because you can try to possess something outwardly that you're not ready for inwardly. Should I say that again? Outward prosperity will always follow inward prosperity because you can try to possess something outwardly that you're not ready for inwardly. Look at 2 Corinthians chapter 6. And throughout this, we'll, we'll spend more or less time on different ones of these, but this is so important. Uh, 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 12. Now, the King James says it this way, You are not straightened in us, but you are straightened in your own bowels. Now, do we have access to the Message Bible, Brother Dave? Can you show me that in the, in the message? Because this, this, this is so uh, important. Notice what it says in the Message Bible. Dear, dear Corinthians, I can't tell you how much I long for you to enter this wide open, spacious life. We didn't fence you in. The smallness you feel comes from within you. Your lives aren't small, but you're living them in a small way. I'm speaking as plainly as I can and with great affection. Open up your lives, live openly and expansively. Hallelujah. See, there are, there are things I can try to possess something outwardly that I'm not ready for inwardly. You can't possess outwardly something big if you're not big on the inside. And, that, and that's where a lot of people make the mistake. We've been talking the last few nights about taking time building the picture. You're going to grow inside before you grow outside. And, and where the problem is, is when you try to uh, 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 gain something that you're not ready to have on the inside yet. Amen. So for prosperity to flow... I have to open up my heart and live a big, open, lavish life. I have to think different. I have to sow different. I, I, amen. I got to act different. I got to speak different. Amen. People that prosper, and, th and this is going to sound like a, a hey-duh moment. People that are prosperous aren't poverty mouth. Need-mouthed. Amen. Hallelujah. So you can try to possess something outwardly that you're not ready for inwardly. Constant prosperity requires constant pressure. Meaning, you have to consistently place pressure on yourself to expand and press the limits. It requires constant pressure. Look at uh, Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 4. Proverbs 10 
and verse 4. So, let, let me say this before we, we, we read this. Some people won't, can't prosper because they won't rest. If you don't rest, you won't prosper. Because you're violating one of God's ordinances. Well, I got so much going on. Okay, stay where you're at. That's just the reality of it. Thank you. You're welcome. Amen. Because when you're, when you're willing to rest, you're saying, okay, I trust you. Amen. Everybody in here has probably ate at Chick-fil-A, right? Amen. If, if the world gets so mad at Chick-fil-A and they just keep right on prospering. It's a horrible business model to close down on Sunday. Horrible business model. Everybody eats out on Sunday. Amen. They are the most popular fast food chain every year. And you got Wendy's, McDonald's, Burger King, all of them. They stay open 24 hours a day, seven days a week. And they can't even start Chick-fil-A for prosperity. Why? We're going to rest one day. Amen. If your life's so busy that you can't rest, you're too busy. And you're putting your money in bags with holes in it. Oh, glory. That's free. Proverbs chapter 10 and verse 4. Notice, he becomes poor that dealeth with a slack hand. But the hand of the diligent makes rich. Diligent means consistent. He becometh poor that dealeth with a slack hand. But the hand of the diligent makes rich. Look at Proverbs 27. Hallelujah. Proverbs 27 and 23. Be diligent to know the state of your flocks, and look well to your herds. For riches are not forever, and does the crown endure to every generation. Notice what it says. Be diligent to know the state of your flocks. Be diligent to know what's going on. And that can be oversimplistic, but the point is, notice how important it is. Scripture says, tells us to be diligent. In uh, Proverbs uh, 27, we just read verse 23. Look here at Proverbs 13, verse 4. Proverbs 13 and verse 4. The soul of the sluggard desireth and has nothing, but the soul of the diligent shall be made fat. Oh, glory. Isn't that wonderful? Notice, there is a person that desires and has nothing. Every, every one of us in here knows somebody that would like to have more. They talk about how they would like to have more, but they won't be diligent. Amen. Everything in your life is saying something about your prosperity. Everything. If you argue with your spouse, you don't care about your prosperity. If you are in unforgiveness, you don't care about your prosperity. If you're critical, you don't care about your prosperity. Because all of those things will eat it up. Once again, you're welcome. I, I got to be I got to be diligent. Right? I've, I've got to be diligent. To, I've got to be diligent to walk in love. I've got to be diligent to forgive. I've got to be diligent to, 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 to uh, consider the other person. Amen. Because notice, that person desires it, but they don't have it. Right? And the answer is that it's the diligent that's made fat. Hallelujah. Say out loud, I'm diligent. So I, so I prosper. Tell your neighbor, you're looking at a diligent person. So I prosper. Amen. Remember, it's consistent. 
I'm consistent with these things. Amen. Hallelujah. So as you consistently place the pressure on yourself, you're expanding. You're pressing the limits. Amen. You're pressing the limits. You're thinking differently about prosperity. You're thinking differently about the way that you go about things. Amen. Remember, remember there was a time in your life when, when you know, you just you took the base of everything, just the basic package, right? Just the base. Amen. And at some point, you had to start changing your thinking because you had to start putting pressure on your faith. Your faith will never grow past the point that you place pressure on it. And, and, and that's why a lot of people are just, they're, they're just satisfied with the status quo. And, and there's faith. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that's at work within us. What does that mean? There's a yielding that I have to enter into for that power to work to its optimum efficiency in my life. Amen. Do, do you see this? Glory to God. Amen. When, uh, when we got a hold of the Word, and I'm not going to take you way back in time. But, when you know, when we minister these things, these are things that I've had to learn to operate in over the years because when we got a hold of the Word, to say we had nothing was an understatement. We had nothing. I had filed bankruptcy. Amen. I couldn't even get a checking account. Applied for one. The lady laughed. They laughed. I'm not, I'm not joking. They laughed. Because it, it was such a mess. Amen. But I knew if I just applied the principles of the Word of God, those things could change. Amen. One of the main things was there had to be this diligence to expand and press the limits. That's an exercise of your faith. Your faith needs you to press the limits. Amen. Hallelujah. One time there was a minister that was uh, riding bikes, riding motorcycles with Brother Copeland. And uh, uh, they, they, were, they were getting ready to go on a ride through the southwest. And Brother Copeland asked him, he pointed at his bike, he goes, when are you going to get a, a new bike? And the minister said, well, Brother Copeland, that one only has like, I think, 15, 19,000 miles on it, something like that. And Brother Copeland said, where is it written that you got to wear it out to get a new one? Amen. But you know people, and I know people, they'll say, you'll, you'll ask them a question like that, and they'll go, oh, it's still got a few good miles left in it. In other words, I'll break down and get a new one when this one don't run anymore. Or when I have to. But what if you were diligently building your faith about prosperity and diligently every day getting up and expanding your thinking about what it means to prosper? Amen. Glory to God. You know, one, one way the Lord started helping me do that was, was every, every year praying and asking him, how much you want me to increase my tithe this year? Because, you know, people say, well, tithe's only 10%. Well, a tithe is 10%, but there's nothing written that says you can't give more than that. Well, I just believe it's 10%. Okay, I'm not going to argue with you. But I've asked the Lord over the years, how much would you have us to increase? And every year, he's given me an amount to increase. So every year, the tithe is more than what I'm making. I'm tithing on more. Guess what always happens? I get more. Because I'm tithing on more. And it's pressing my 
thinking. It's pressing the limits. I knew a young man one time. Am I helping you all with this? I knew a young man one time that him and his, uh, his wife, they hadn't been married very long, and they were having trouble. And they were having trouble because of one of the two main things that people have trouble with in their marriage. It was financial issues. And so we were in there talking, and, and I was, I, I'm not a financier. I don't claim to be one. Uh, I can tell you how to work a budget, but I, I'm, you know, if you want to know where to invest, go talk to Brother Brian or somebody else, amen, that, that know, knows more than I do about that. But here's the point. Here's what I want you to see, is I asked them about their finances. I said, do you have a budget? Well, you know, sort of. And I said, okay. I said, when do you tithe? Well, after we pay all the bills. Well, there you go. Now, it wasn't just paying the bills last. It was, it was I have a set amount I'm going to give our tithe and then X amount over our tithe, and that's just that's what we're going to give every week. What they had done was sat down and determined what is comfortable for us. What do we think we can give? There's no faith in that. Because you're doing what you think you can do. Amen. At some point to prosper, I've got to press the limits because it's all by faith. Amen. Hallelujah. Prosperity must be applied through wisdom. Look at Proverbs 3. Diligence. And you know, while you're going to Proverbs 3, that's, that's the biggest challenge is to change a mindset because your mindset about money was taught to you over a period of years. Amen. There are people in here, your parents never taught you how to balance a checkbook. They never taught you to save money. Right? They never told you to budget your money. Right? And, and if I was to wager, you lived hand-to-mouth while you were growing up. Y'all know what hand-to-mouth means? Boy, you get it and it goes right in your mouth because you don't know when you're going to get any more. Is that right? That's how I was raised. My parents were good, godly people. I, they taught me how to love Jesus, but they taught me nothing about finances, and I had to learn. Amen. If you don't change that, if you don't get diligent to press the limits and understand there's more to this, there's more to life than just what I'm living. Amen. Hallelujah. But I've, but I've, but I've got to change my thinking that it's not just get it and use it and get it and use it and get it and use it. But it's also not having a cell phone that's 42 years old because you don't want to waste any money. You are by having such an old phone. Hallelujah. Are you following me? But what if you're up every day diligently pressing the limits? Diligently expanding. Right? Amen. Well, I usually, am I helping you? I usually shop here. But here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go buy a shirt from this store to press the limits. See, you don't have to go buy shoes and a suit and everything from that store. But you're, you're, you're in a limit here. Well, I don't think it matters where you buy your clothes. It doesn't. They'll all cover you. Amen. My first suit my wife bought me cost $1.75 at the Salvation Army. It was metallic silver. It was bell-bottom. And bell-bottoms were not in style. It had lapels out to here. When I walked in the church, wah, 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 wah. You, you could hear the Bee Gees when I walked into the church. 
You can't tell by the you're right. <laughs> tell by the suit I'm wearing, I don't have no money. Right? Well, that was the best we could do, and that was my anniversary gift. That was the best we could do. I don't have that suit anymore. I'm not going to buy a suit like that no more. And I'm not going to I'm not going to apologize for the blessings of God on my life either. Amen. Hallelujah. Say it out loud. I'm not going to apologize for God's blessings. Amen. Amen. The same people that lorded it over you when you were struggling will have a problem when you start prospering. Just be diligent. Just be diligent. Just change your mindset. Everybody's going to do what they want to do. You just do what the Word of God says to do. But see, my point saying that all to you was you got to change your mindset. And you can't keep coming back to the same excuse. Nobody taught me. Nobody showed me. Nobody, you, you got you to lose that mindset. That, that doesn't cut water anymore. All those people that didn't tell you are old or dead. Amen. Hallelujah. Prosperity has to be applied through wisdom. Proverbs 3 and verse 16, notice what it says. Talking about wisdom, it says length of days is in her right hand and in her left hand, riches and honor. So notice where, where riches come from, wisdom. Amen. In uh, Proverbs eight eleven, wisdom is better than rubies and all the things that may be desired are not compared to it. In Solomon's day, rubies was, was the most precious stone there was. You know, nowadays we think diamonds and we think things like that. Rubies are the most precious stone. But here, here's the point. Notice where he says those rubies are found in wisdom. Wisdom is better than rubies. Why? Because wisdom gets the rubies. Wisdom is better than a raise because wisdom gets the raise. Hallelujah. Isn't it interesting that even on your natural job, they'll promote you for being diligent? They'll promote you for your wisdom? But don't you know people on your job that they don't care whether they get promoted or not? They just want to check? Stay away from those people. They're poison. You always want to be around people that are stretching your limits. Glory. Look at... uh, Proverbs chapter uh, 8 and verse 18. Riches and honor are with me, wisdom. Yes, notice, durable riches and righteousness. Can you show me that from the Amplified Bible? Am I helping you? Riches and honor are with me, enduring wealth. Enduring wealth. See, it's not start and stop. Enduring wealth. Or with who? With wisdom. With wisdom. Amen. Prosperity must be applied through wisdom. Another key is a large part of prosperity is willingness. A large part of prosperity is willingness. Isaiah chapter 1 and verse 19, it says, If you be willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. Willing and obedient. Do you see this? That word willing, it means to yield. So what does it say? If you will yield and be obedient, You'll eat the good of the land. Yield to what? Yield to what God wants you to do. Yield to the plan of God. If, if you'll yield to that in your willingness and be obedient to it, you'll eat the good of the land. Oh, hallelujah. 
Do you see this? This is so important. Because there are people that are willing to prosper, but they're not willing to yield to the plan of God. And, and, and it's the plan of God that produces prosperity. It's the plan of God that produces victory financially in, in whatever area it may be. Amen. Prosperity is not fleeting. Something that you have to understand is riches can be fleeting, but prosperity is secure. Prosperity is solid because many lose their riches because they were never prosperous. Look at Proverbs 23. The years that, that you enter into what the world calls, you know, your, what do they, they call it, your sunset years, your retirement years, whatever it is. But here's the thing. According to Scripture, those are supposed to be your best years. Your best years. The, the world talks about, you know, uh, uh, your prime earning years. Well, I, I understand there's something to be said there, but but... Scripture, when you look at it, it talks to us more about how prosperity comes with wisdom and age. Amen. So what does that mean? Don't start buying into this idea that the older you get, the less you have. Because I'm going to be on a fixed income. I've only got so much money. What are we going to do about this and do about that? We're going to downsize. Let's downsize everything. Downsize, downsize, downsize. Let's, let's get a go-kart and, and live over at the Motel 6. They're never going to put me in a room in the back of my kid's house. Let me come back here and speak loud to be heard. They're never going to put me in a room in the back of my kid's house because we got to take care of Papa. Not happening. Amen. Now, if y'all want to move in with me, come on. Amen. Right. Glory to God. This, this is so important because did you find Proverbs 23? Proverbs chapter 23 Verse 4, notice what it says. Labor not to be rich. Cease from your own wisdom. Will you set your eyes on that which is not? For riches make themselves wings. They fly away as an eagle towards heaven. Not prosperity. Riches. In other words, he's saying if that's what you're setting your eyes on, you got your eyes on the wrong thing. There are people that lose their riches because they were never prosperous. Prosperous people think about riches differently than non-prosperous people. How do I know that? Because over 90%, somewhere in the neighborhood of 93 to 95% of people that win mega bucks and the lotto and the Powerball, within five years, they're broke. Now, why? They're not prosperous. They got rich, but they didn't get prosperous. Is that right? They thought money was the answer. The Bible says money is the least. That's what Jesus said. He said, if, if you can't, in talking about money, he said, which of you by taking thought can increase your stature one inch Nobody. He's talking about money. Worrying about money. And he said, if you can't do the least, money is the least. It's easy. Say out loud, prosperity is easy. See, it's not fleeting. The devil hates prosperity and fights it so hard because prosperity liberates. Look at, look at Proverbs 10. Look at Proverbs 10. And verse 15. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. 
The destruction of the poor is their poverty. Hmm. The ruin of the poor, the terror of the poor is their poverty. Amen. Now think about this. Just think about this in terms of a responsibility fund. If you have a responsibility fund, the world calls an emergency fund. I call it a responsibility fund. You got one. Let's say you got one, six to 12 months of living expenses put back, all right? Something comes up in your home, you just pay for it. Why? Well, let's, let's, look. let's, let's, let's look here at something, uh, Proverbs 10, 15. Let's read it again. The rich man's wealth is his strong city. Well, I heard y'all's water heater went out. What'd you do? Pay for it. You put it on your credit card? Oh, no, paid cash. It's my strong city. Well, who gave me the wisdom to do that? God. What does wisdom produce? Riches. Is that right? Amen. Liliana wants a new playground set in the backyard. You say, what are you going to do? Go buy it. When? Just as soon as I can. As soon as it quits raining. <laughs> Hallelujah. But, 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 but now here's what I'm saying. I'm not, I'm not saying that just flippantly. I'm saying when you have, you've used wisdom, right? What does the ant do all summer while the grasshoppers picnicking and hanging out at the beach, running with the fellas? What's the ant doing? What's he doing? What the Bible say? Go to the ant, you. What? You know what a sluggard is? Lazy person. Go to the ant, lazy. I didn't say you were lazy. It said the ant's putting back all year long. And in the winter, what's the ant doing? In its burrow, eating all that it put up all summer. Isn't it funny? You don't walk down the sidewalk in the winter and see ant carcasses on the ground, but you do see a lot of locusts and grasshoppers. Right? Amen. God wants you so blessed that no matter what comes into your life, whatever you face, you just pay it, and you didn't even feel the bump in the road. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Tell your neighbor, say, God's given me wisdom. And with wisdom comes durable riches. Amen. So notice, but what it says, notice, the destruction of the poor is their poverty, their terror. Everyone in here knows somebody that's so concerned about what they're going to do. Well, why? They don't have enough. That's not an indictment against anybody, but it's the reality of it. That's not you. You are fully supplied, completely filled, rich, rich, rich. Say it out loud. I'm fully supplied, completely filled, rich, rich, rich. Amen. Let, let, let me get to another point. So the devil hates prosperity and fights it because prosperity liberates. Think, think about being beholding to nobody. Think about nobody having any say in your finances. Not a mortgage company. Not a car finance company. Nobody. Think about that. How free would you be? What could you do with your money? Here's the answer. Anything you want. Right? Amen. Glory to God. Are you thinking about it? Think about that. And there's, there's no concern. Remember what Proverbs 31 says? It says that, that in the house of the virtuous woman, we talk about the virtuous woman, it says she has wisdom for business deals, and she buys land and sells land. Right? But then it says something about her husband. It says he's known in the gates. He sits in the gates among the elders of the land. So he isn't any uh, uh, dimwit. 
He's got wisdom. He's helping make decisions. And notice what it says about that couple. It says that when winter comes, their family will not be concerned because they'll be clothed in double garments. Winter's coming. Right? But if I've been diligent, I don't worry about it. Amen. Let me just throw this in here. Criticism hinders prosperity. Criticism hinders prosperity. You can't be critical of other people and expect the prosperity of God to flow in your life. Understand something that I've had to learn over the years. Other people's decisions are none of my business. When you start getting in other people's business, you just got out of the flow of faith. Well, this is what they ought to do according to you. Stay out of it. Tell you what, this is why my kids are having the problem. I'll tell you what, stay out of it. If they're grown, stay out of it. Stay out of it. Well, I'm going to go tell them what to do. You better not. Amen. Keep that piece of your mind that you were going to give away. <laughs> right? Yeah, that's so important. Oh, this is so important. Because you start criticizing, you start criticizing, and the Bible says you put your place yourself in the place of a judge. And if you look back on your 25, 30-year-old self, were you doing any better? Amen. See, criticism hinders prosperity. If you can help them, help them. But it's none of your business. I, listen, I have family members that put everything on credit cards. Everything on credit cards. And they call it prosperity. And I'm, I'm sitting there and you say, what do you say? Nothing. None of my business. Well, what if things go wrong? <laughs> None of my business. Amen. Because criticism, and I don't sit around and talk about it. You know, I was talking to them the other day, and they think that's prosperity. That isn't prosperity. They got that on a credit card. None of your business. It's none of your business. Well, I'll tell you what, I wouldn't use MasterCard for that. None of your business. You'll hurt your prosperity. Amen. You'll stop the flow. Listen, it doesn't take much to stop up the flow. <laughs> Am I helping you? Amen. Somebody at church will pull up in a new car, wonder how they got that. None of your business. None. Well, I know they can't afford it. How do you know, nosy? None of your, your business. None of your business. Amen. Well, what if they lose that car? None. Say it out loud. None of your business. Yeah, none. Amen. Hallelujah. Somebody will get a new, a, a, a new house, an upgrade. Well, I don't know. That's a lot of house. What's that? Yeah. I, I got enough to take care of with me. Glory to God. I have a wife with expensive taste. I need the flow flowing. You understand? All right, Kevin, you know. I'm hurrying. I, there, there's a couple of these I really wanted to get to. See, that, that's the truth. It's, it's, it's just, it's none of your business. 
And, and, and you can camouflage it with whatever mindset you want. Well, you know, I just don't want to see them get hurt. You, it's, you're trying to get in their business. And it's none of their business. Amen. Uh, prosperity, look at Psalm 40. Prosperity is greatly affected both negatively and positively by our obedience. Prosperity is greatly affected both negatively and positively by our obedience. Notice Psalm chapter 40 and verse 8. Now, this is when Christ was coming into the earth. Um, It's quoted in the book of Hebrews, but notice what he said to the Father. I delight to do your will. I delight to do your will. That word delight, it means to be pleased to do or to desire. I am pleased to do your will. Hallelujah. This is important because the delight side is the faith side. The delight side is the faith side. Amen. I'm a, I'm a very, uh, I'm a, I'm really a homebody. I am not, you know, I hear people talk about traveling and see the world, and I think, why would you? That is none of your business. That's right. <laughs> but now I'm. But here, here's my point. As I was going to say, if that if that's what you like, I'm I'm all for you. I'll help you go. But but that's not my desire. Never been my desire, right? I I have ministers call me or write me and email me and would you come over here and and do this and and it's in a foreign country and and I pray about it and if the Lord says go, I go, Uh, you know, but if I don't have to wait on the Lord to say no, if he doesn't say yes, I'm like, I didn't want to go anyway. That's just me. That's me. All right. But here's the thing. When, When God started dealing with us to pastor in two locations, right, and then he starts dealing with me about planting other churches in the very near future. We're, we're looking at planting another church in, in uh, eastern Arkansas. We're looking at planting a church in Pine Bluff, Arkansas. I mean, we got a lot going on. But here's, here's the point. I, I knew that that was going to require me being away from my family, which I don't like in this sense. It's not in me naturally. I had to decide to delight in it. I had to decide to delight in it. Nope, I delight to do your will. Why? Because the delight side is the faith side. The delight side is the faith side. Amen. And so, so every time before we travel, before I go somewhere or my wife goes somewhere, we all get together as a family. And the person that's traveling and going for that week, we lay hands on them and say, Lord, we delight to do your will. As a family, we delight to do your will. Amen. We don't talk about how we miss each other, how lonely I am. Boy, I sure wish y'all were here. That's not delight. Did you hear what I'm saying? If you're married, you want your spouse doing the will of God. And you want to delight in it. Or you hinder your prosperity. Why? Because complaining is a sign of no faith. If you complain, there's no faith there. Amen. And if you've raised kids, you understand that complaining is not always verbal. Right? You tell a child something they don't want to do, and they go, that was a complaint. Or this, that was a complaint. (laughs) Right? Or, really? Golly, that was a complaint. 
Amen. So you don't want to enter into that. What? We got to do that again? I just did that. No, I, I delight to do your will. Why? That is the faith side. That's the faith side. I'm delighting to do your will. Whatever you've asked me, I delight to do it. Dr. Les Summerall told a story one time, and he said that uh, he was meeting with a man and a woman. They, they were ministers, and they were, they were fairly, uh, uh, well, they, they were successful here in the States with their ministry, and they met with Dr. Summerall, and they said, the man said, the man said, the husband said, he said, the Lord is dealing with me that he wants us to go to this certain foreign country. I believe it was in Asia. And, and he's dealing with me to go there. And uh, we, I, I know that the Lord has asked me to do this. And they're, they're sitting there, and they're, and they're talking about it. And the wife just piped up, and she goes, I'm not going. And she said, I'm not going because I'm not going to give up all my appliances and move over somewhere where I, where I can't have all the amenities I have. You know, neither one of them went. And it wasn't long they were out of the ministry, and it wasn't long after that they were dead. No delight to do the will of God. Do you think God could give her a stove in the country they were going to? Could God have given them a refrigerator in the country they were going to? Of course he could have. Where was the problem? No delight. No delight. When our, when our kids were growing up, I, I did more traveling than my wife because she settled it in her mind, I want my husband to fulfill the plan of God for his life, and I'm going to stay home and take care of the kids and never complained. Never complained. I'll tell you like Ed Dufresne used to say about Pastor Nancy, if you don't, li- if you don't like Michelle, something's wrong with you. That's the easiest woman in the world to live with. I want, I want my husband to fulfill the plan of God for his life. Never complaining. Never complaining. Amen. Because you want to delight in the things of God, in the plan of God. Amen. See, it's never, you mean we've got to go to church again? It's the plan of God. Delight in it. Amen. I, I see people. I, I I see people come come to these meetings. And uh, brother Dave came in the, the other the other night, two nights in a row, in his in his uniform was changing in the back, coming directly from work. I can relate with that. I can relate with that. When Pastor Michelle and I first got married, I needed the word in my life every chance I got. I'd come directly from work. I wouldn't clean up. I wouldn't go get something to eat. I would come directly from work because I needed the word, and I'm delighting in what the word says. Had I worked hard all day? Yeah, 10, 12, 14 hours a day, putting in every hour that they would give me because we needed everything. But I knew that I needed the plan of God in my life more than I needed anything else. So think of me what you want. I don't smell good. I don't look good. My clothes don't look good. I don't care. I'm here to get a hold of the Word of God. And this is not something you can go home and say to the man or the woman that you live with. Now listen here, woman. Listen here, man. We're going to delight in the things of God. You just lost the battle. You just lost the fight. You can't make somebody delight. You have, you have to get it. Does that make sense? I said, does that make sense? Oh, glory to God. Mm. Complaining is a sign of no faith. Hallelujah. Prosperity is greatly affected by consistency. Luke 6, 38, of course, says, Give, and it will be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. One translation says, Give, and gifts will be yours. Oh, hallelujah. Let me go through these last quick.
quickly. Prosperity is greatly affected by how you use your time. It's greatly affected by how you use your time. In, uh, in Proverbs chapter 12 and uh, verse 11, He that tilleth his land will be satisfied with bread, but he that followeth vain persons is void of understanding. Daydreamers. How you use your time. Notice they're void of understanding, but he that tilleth his land will be satisfied with bread. Prosperity is greatly affected by honesty. Proverbs 12, says, Lying lips are an abomination to the Lord, but they that deal truly are his delight. Uh, greed will destroy prosperity. Proverbs 15, 27, He that is greedy of gain troubleth his own house, but he that hateth gifts shall live. When, when you start just going after finances and going after money and you're just greedy to get, 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 you bring a problem to your home. Hallelujah. Prosperity is greatly affected by our priorities. Matthew 6, says, Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. The Moffat translation says, All that will be yours, all this will be yours over and above. Amen. And then, if I could say this, you got, you got to recognize where you're at. And you got to recognize the, the ministry that you're connected to. Amen. I tell people this all the time. If you'll put faith in this, you can't go under because you're connected to me. I will never go under. You will never suffer shortage another day in your life. Amen. Do, do you see this? This is so important because, you know, I've heard people say it any number of different ways. They, I've, I've heard ministers preach it, and, and, and I think they miss it somewhere. They'd say, well, you know, and, and it's kind of like this, this bat that they use to beat people up. And they'll say, you know, uh, 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 people, people won't give in their church, and they won't sow to their pastor, but then they'll give to television ministers, and they'll give to this. Well, that's, that's just a jealous preacher preaching. Amen. But you do need to recognize who's in your rank. You do need to recognize that. I've, I've, I've got a spiritual son that every time he sees me, he sows into my life. Every time he sees me. When he came to our church, he was homeless. Now he's got a house with $10,000 rugs on the floor. Got everything back that had been taken from him by his own ignorance, not by the devil, by his own ignorance. Amen. And, and people say, well, is that just sowing to you? Listen, it's recognizing, it's recognizing the ground and sowing into it. The, the things that the Lord has said to us, about this year of 2023. He said it was going to be a year of turning and forward momentum. Why is he saying that to us? Why is he saying that to our church? That's the flow this year. He said that the flow this year was going to be things that would change immediately and it would cause a drastic change in your life. Is that what he said? Let's, let's look at it as, as, as we're getting ready to wrap this up. Notice what he said. He said uh, concerning this, uh, that there would be rapid, quick movement that will bring sudden change and improvement into the lives of those that will believe. Sudden change and improvement into the lives of those that will believe. That's the flow for this body. We're talking about stretching the limits, exercising your faith, to stretch the limits. Amen. Our building, our, our building in Little Rock, our, our land and building here, it's in our faith, and we're stretching the limits. The Lord's already said to me, he said, when you go back to Little Rock, the doors are going to open for your building. They're going to open, and you're going to see them open, and you're going to see us in that new building. That's where my faith is. 
Now, I'm stretching my faith. You can sit on the sidelines and not stretch your faith and enjoy the building, but you didn't do nothing to get it. The guy sitting next to you believed God. This, this is the flow that we're in. Amen. What, you know, what else do we believe for? Oh, our airplane. Right? Isn't that right? Our cities. The Lord said what about this house? He said what? Fill the house. That's what we're working on. You look around our city. You look around DeSoto. They're building everywhere in DeSoto. They're planning for the increase that they believe is coming. We're planning for the increase that we believe is coming. Amen. Well, what if it doesn't happen? doesn't matter if it don't happen. We're still going to fill this house. Because that's what the Lord told us to do. I, I, I got people in here that's been here for 25 years, and I'm just going to put you on the spot. Is there anything I've ever told you the Lord said we were going to do that we haven't done? Nothing. Nothing. I told you, I used to say from this pulpit, when, when, when we, didn't have, we didn't have two nickels to rub together to go on TV, I used to say from this pulpit, the day will come when we will minister the word on the airwaves. We'll minister the word over the television airwaves. And there were people that chuckled, and there were people that snickered. Well, I've been preaching on TV for going on 15 years. Amen. And, it, and that is expanding every month. Every year, we're expanding. Going to keep expanding. Amen. Why? Because God said, I want you to fill the house. I want you to get ready. He said concerning 2023, for, for the people of God, for the church, this will be positive and powerful. As the Father shows himself mighty on their behalf. Say it out loud. The Father showing himself mighty on my behalf. Oh, glory. Amen. And he said, in the midst of the frustration and confusion in the world, the church will be flooded with light. And they'll see a returning, a returning of those who walked away from God and his ways in pursuit of some other answer, only to be left hopeless and defeated. They'll return and God will restore their lives. You know, no matter how long somebody's been thinking wrong, it just takes one exposure. I, I just feel compelled to say this to you. No matter how long they've been thinking wrong, the real them is still there. You just keep believing that God's going to turn it. In the name of